Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got yesterday Lee online. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you, Michael. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to this conversation. So for those that don't know you, why don't you share a little bit about you and then we'll dive into the work that you're doing. Sure. Uh, Yasser Lee, um, founder, CEO of Polymer Data Loss Prevention. It's a data security product for uh, protecting SaaS environments for mid-sized and large enterprises. Uh, I'm based in New York. Uh, been there forever, almost after college. So uh, in my prior life, I used to be a bond trader on Wall Street. Well, that, you know, that, that's, I, I, I always run into people from time to time that used to be bond traders or hedge fund traders. And the key word is used to be. They're like, no, nah, no more. I can't do it. Because that is a very, very challenging and stressful role. But that's not the purpose of our call today. It, it, because so many organizations, especially over the last couple of decades, you know, have realized you know, that, that SaaS is really important, software as a service for those that don't know what that stands for. And, and in the work that they're doing, as we get more and more into an online environment, especially over the last couple of years with the pandemic and a lot of people that weren't still you know, in that online world were forced to be in there in order to survive, so, okay, great. We've got this awesome software product that does everything we need to do for the organization, interact with our customers and all of that. But they forgot about the security. And it's like they opened up a business and they didn't put locks on their doors. And a lot of organizations are really running a risk uh, because of it. And that's where your company comes in. So what what prompted you to to launch this business? And you know, what are some of the findings that you've had so far? Uh, yeah, so uh, I was basically at a I, uh, post a financial crisis. I had my own consulting business, but I was working with um, enterprises, big or small, around some of the data architecture challenges and, and moving stuff to the cloud. And uh, one of the issues that kept coming up was around data governance, around uh, who owns the data, who protects the data. And in organizations, usually uh, uh, ownership of data and, and usage of data becomes this um, gray area, which no one, everyone uses, but no one takes ownership of. And uh, we, uh, I saw from large organizations, obviously the issues were um, you can have multiple copies of the same data floating around. So your analytics are wrong or your, your books are wrong. Um, in the worst case scenarios, um, um, they, these things are sitting around in people's laptops, they could leak. Um, and then, but the underlying uh, issue on all of this, other than some systematic issues, technology issues was the employees um, are like, if you think you look at the stats, 90% of all data leaks happen because of employee error. Like either they clicked the long link or a phishing email attack, or they might uh, share something which they're not supposed to or put the wrong email address in an email, for example. So that is a, um, um, uh, the human risk element is, is a piece that kept recurring and that's what prompted to start this company Polymer about a couple of, two and a half years ago, right around COVID. Um, and the, the, the idea behind it is, is um, 
even though there's 80 to 90 percent of leaks are happening because of humans but most humans are employees are kind of well-intentioned they just do stupid stuff either they're being careless or they're not being reminded on the best practices um, so the product basically is providing guardrails with a click of a button to organizations to uh, protect OneDrive, protect Google Drive in terms of employees not sharing willy-nilly uh, sensitive documents externally, or if they're talking to someone on Teams or Slack, they're not necessarily sharing customer data or patient data. Um, so the whole approach we have taken is around um, monitoring these systems um, and then nudging and alerting users, hey, you did something wrong. And then allowing organizations, especially small companies who don't have a security officer or even an IT person, sometimes even that's outsourced, ability for them to uh, 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 enable some macros or automatic rules where um, Polymer can go and stop this exfiltration event from happening, like uh, killing off shared links or sensitive files or expiring uh, file links after a certain number of days or uh, looking at employees not downloading a lot of code bases before they're leaving the job, for example, or um, sharing stuff internally, which is against um, like harassment policy or anything along those lines. It's important work. And when everyone was sent home back in March of 2020 and everybody was working from their home computers, if they had a work-issued computer, that would be one thing. But in many instances, the people were using their own personal laptop or their own personal computer that could be shared with their teenagers or loved ones or who knows what. And I used to work in IT many, many years ago. And when this first went on, my first thought was, oh, the malware is going to skyrocket over the next few months because people are going to be clicking on links and it's just going to be the wild, wild west. And companies are going to be in deep trouble if they don't have uh, their security yeah. tightened up. And again, you know, as I mentioned before, a lot of organizations didn't have a remote platform in place. And then they had to put something together. And my fear was they're going to put something together quick and they're not going to be thinking about security. They're going to be thinking about access. And you have to think about both of those things in unison, because if you want to provide access to your employees to be able to do their work and produce products and services for your customers, you also need to restrict that access and make sure that inadvertently uh, you don't give access to everybody, not just your competition, but to those that you know have uh, basically some not so positive um, desires to cause havoc and hack and do whatever else that uh, people that uh, do those things do. And uh, related to that also is this idea of, uh, I hate to say it, but uh, the fact that the big brother is watching does stop from the completely off the rocker behavior. For example, we hear all the time um, um, someone is downloading hundreds of files or documents in a local drive, moving them from their laptop to another laptop, for example. Um, two weeks later, they give their notice, I'm out the door, for example. So everyone takes documents when they're leaving a job. Uh, to a certain degree, it's unavoidable. Um, but if it's like done in mass, which puts your customer, your organization data at risk, there's a huge risk. So the insider threat piece is also that comes in. And we've noticed that if people are aware that something is watching, someone is watching, um, it does restrict the behavior and, and does help reduce the amount of uh, risky um, 
violations or nefarious behavior, like we, we see the drop immediately within like days, like 50% plus, like very quickly. Now it keeps people in check and it, it, and also it, it helps them if they have that momentary lapse of reason saying, you know what, I, I, this work that we've done on, or this research project, boy, this would be really good. And I have a colleague that works in a different industry, but they could really use this, but it's proprietary and you don't want it to be getting out. Knowing that, you know, someone is watching, they'll say, you know what, you know, I can't do that. And it, 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 it helps them, you know, keep themselves in check for the most part. But if not, you know, cause you can, you can flag things right down to the file. It's like, okay, let's see where this file ends up. And yeah. then they go, Oh, look, it, it showed up here. How did it get there? And uh, they can trace the steps. And then you're getting somebody knocking at your cubicle door, asking for a private zoom call. And you get to explain why did you send the confidential information to our competition? And that's something that yeah. you, you don't want to flirt with. You don't want to do it. Organizations don't want to find it. So don't give them a reason to, but that's what's so important about this. So, so launching this business, you know, obviously at the, uh, the onset of the pandemic was, you know, perfect timing on your part because obviously organizations would need it. So, you know, what initially when you were reaching out to your new clients and things like that, were they coming at, and I'm, I'm guessing it's probably a mixture of it, but you know, were they coming to you saying, we need help with this? Or did you reach out to them saying, you may not know this, but you're going to need this help? I, I'm just curious as to yeah, how no, your approach it's a, was. It's a, it's a good question because uh, typically when you think about uh, data loss prevention, people think of Proofpoint, McAfee, Broadcom. Um, these are legacy software which used to sit on very, very large enterprises, like very heavily, heavy um, applications sitting at the firewall, uh, or the server level of our on-prem solutions. Um, with the adoption of SaaS, obviously the, everything is cloud virtual, it's agentless. Um, so when we launched the product about two years ago, um, most people on the on the on the legacy guys were like, we don't need this. And the smaller guys were like, ah, I thought the data is encrypted, we don't really need something like this. So that was uh, because it's a it's a it's a new category of sorts, uh, which is uh, still being formed. I think Gartner is still not pro uh, created the new quadrant on this. Um, it is upcoming apparently. Um, so it, we have seen a shift in the last two years where COVID, everyone had existential things to worry about, where no one wanted to buy anything anyways, other than uh, provisioning uh, Wi-Fi and working from home somehow. Uh, or better webcam cameras. I think hardware sales were the highest uh, as a category, as a percentage of computer uh, sales. Um, the um, Now in the last, like I would say nine, 10 months as COVID has receded and people have started like doing uh, hybrid work, we have seen a change of, of, of team where like, uh, like small business owners, even the 30% operation will come to us and say, you know what, I do, I know every employee, I've hired all of them myself, I've worked with them for years, but I just want to make sure that nothing stupid is going on. I trust them, but at the same time, it's check and balance. Uh, and I want to get some sort of um, um, reporting to be able to tell me what is going on and who's doing the, the silly things. And I want to kind of incorporate that into my training or at least give them a nice like hey please be careful with company data 
Well, that's the thing. I, you know, I, I hope that organizations realize, as we talked about before, that yes, encryption is one thing, but that doesn't mean that people can't still get access to it. And and even the most strongest encryption can be opened. And the key is if you can prevent them from even getting in the door, you won't have to concern yourself as much. And that's why it's so important to do this. So where do you see things going in the next few years? I'm not going to ask for the five-year plan because five years ago, we certainly didn't plan on what we're dealing with now. But where, where do you see things proceeding with, with the organization and uh, small businesses as, you know, with you know, inflation and, you know, the businesses and economic challenges and things like that. Where do you see people uh, striving? Because I would increase my hunch, and this is just a hunch based on previous experiences, as economic situations tighten up a little bit or potentially get worse for some people, that's where there would be an increase in um, activity uh, because organizations and individuals uh, that are not doing things in the best way are going to be looking for ways to you know, steal or access information that they can sell on the black market or wherever. So I would increase, I would guess that hacks and malware and all that stuff are probably going to increase over the next few years. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. I mean, yeah, we're already seeing it. Uh, the, the, I mean, the, the news is not as uh, filled with them because people are getting fatigued from just listening to about the next hack. So that's happening as we speak. It's a uh, month over month increase in, in attacks. Um, we know for a fact that MFA is being hacked. People are impersonating other individuals of the company, uh, getting access to their text messages or cell phone, and then being able to then come inside the organization and then laterally move around for weeks and months and then steal data over time. Healthcare companies have been facing that for a while now, larger guys and smaller guys now. So obviously the attacks are going to continue, state threat actors, the cost of getting involved in this business, the ROI is so high for currencies which have devalued um, hundreds of percent against the dollar in the recent past. So why not? Like it's a good, it's a good gig to be involved in. There's uh, uh, engineer gangs, but in terms of like where, um, um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not on Wall Street, so I can't make economic predictions or, or at least invest in those in, uh, decisions. But um, we see, at least as of now, uh, the facts are that uh, security. Deals have slowed down, at least the, sign -ups, the signings, but I think the demand is still there. People, uh, this is one of the things where they're cutting budget in other areas and increasing or at least keeping the same insecurity and we see that persist. The, the smaller guys, uh, for sure, are becoming a lot more vigilant about this. Uh, and we see um, uh, market opportunity, which is completely greenfield. Um, and, and I think that's going to keep expanding from a market uh, time perspective, uh, 30 to 40% Kager minimum. Um, and even in the bigger enterprises, we see um, SaaS security to be a big piece. And there's a lot of startups approaching it from various angles, uh, from a SaaS security angle. Legacy players are getting involved in this a lot directly also. So um, all that's there, uh, but uh, there will be multiple unicorns made in the space around data security, and and you know we're trying to shoot for to be to be one of those. Well, and your past experience and your work will definitely pay dividends. Pardon the pun there on investing, uh, but it's going to pay dividends for your organizations and your clients as well. So, yes, sir, love this conversation. Uh, where can people find out more about you and this important work you're doing? 
Sure. So our website is uh, www.polymerhq.io. Uh, that's P-O-L-Y-M-E-R-H-Q.io. And then I'm at Y-A-L-I at P-O-L-Y-M-E-R-H-Q.io. So Wiley at polymerhq.io is my email address or LinkedIn or um, is the best place to find me otherwise. Awesome. And I'll definitely have that in the show notes. So thank you again for this very critical work to protect all of us, you know, as consumers and business owners and everything else. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Breakfast Leadership Show, part of the Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.